Let's go to the book of Judges. Let's go to the sixth chapter. We're going to pick up from where we left off last week, 6 and uh, 28. We're going to be picking up there. As you know, our theme is abundant life. This is something that the world can't give, but listen to me. This is something that the world can take away. They can't give it, but they'll use everything they can, every tactic they can to take it away from you. They'll distract you. They'll, they'll tempt you. They'll use all kinds of devices and equipment, whatever they can, they can uh, get to take away your abundant life. Abundant life can't come from the world. It comes from Jesus Christ. It comes from who? Jesus Christ. He's the only one that can give it. It is the true abundant life. This is what he said I came to give you. He said the thief comes not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I have come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. This is what the Lord wants for your life, to have the abundant life, the abundant life. Let me share with you right now just briefly about keeping your focus. This is what we are going to emphasize today. I am who I am right now, and I have the ability that I have. Some people say, it's amazing, Pastor, as old as you are, uh, you, you, you're, you're, you act like you're really young because I feel that way. But it didn't happen overnight. This has been a process of approximately 50 years. I have been building this since the, uh, from the age of 23. And so when I gave my heart to the Lord Jesus Christ, I meant business. I, I really, I did, I meant business. I said, Lord, I'm selling out for you. If I die, I die for you. If I live, I live for you. It doesn't matter what anyone says or what anyone thinks. And I began to experience the abundant life almost immediately. It was amazing what God began to do in my life, began to bless me. But let me say this to you. The reason I am who I am today and the reason I am blessed and I expect to live another 25, 30 years if the Lord tarries. I hope he does and I hope he comes back today, praise God. Is because I kept my focus. I kept my focus. I have been hit high. I have been hit low. I have been stabbed in the back. I have been lied about. I have been falsely accused. You can't believe the things that have happened in my life. Promises have been made to me only to be taken away. But in all these things that I've experienced in my life, I've kept my focus. I didn't allow anything to distract me. When these things would come along that were really hard and they, uh, they were difficult to go through, and the enemy would scream loud because he always takes the opportunity when we're at our weakest to really speak loud, and to take advantage of us. And when he would yell at me and begin to say, see, God's not with you. God doesn't care. Why are you going through this? Why this happened to you? I'd say, devil, you're a liar. You're a liar, devil. And I would keep my focus. I would keep my focus. And I'd just, I'd just keep going forward. I, just, I said, I will not be distracted. I will not allow the temptations of the world. I will not allow the disappointments of people to get me off track. I'm going to keep my focus. And because of that, saints, my faith in God has been built upon layer, upon layer, upon layer. It's amazing how my faith in God is so strong now. If the devil did try to destroy me, he's too late just too late. Anybody try to deceive me now, it's too late. I don't care what anybody would offer me. Uh, you can offer me a million bucks. I just laugh at you. 
You could offer me a billion bucks. And I just laugh at you because my faith in God is so strong now and my focus is so fine-tuned. You know, if you ever look through a telescope and you, you, turn, you turn it in order to fine-tune it, sometimes it's just a little blurry, a little fuzzy, and you keep turning it until it's crystal clear. You can see every detail. It's just so fine. And that's the way my focus has become. It is so fine that I realize that the distractions of the world that come against you and against me cannot stop us without our consent. They cannot get us off track without us saying, okay, I yield to that, I give to that. The enemy does not have power over us. Some people say, well, he does. No, he doesn't. He does not have any power over you. He has no authority over you. He has no position over you. The Bible says that the devil is nothing but a fallen cherub. A cherub is a two-winged angel created by God. That's all a cherub is. And that's what Satan is. He has no power, but he makes you think he has power because the Bible says he has a big mouth. And his, his mouth is as a roaring lion. And it can be very frightening sometimes. It can be terrifying sometimes. And he will use that. But that's all he has. He has no claws because the Lord declawed him at Calvary. He has no canines because the Lord pulled them out at Calvary. So he has no ability to destroy you unless you yield to him. Unless you consent to him. But if you will keep your focus, and what I'm here today to emphasize is keep your focus, keep your focus. Because if the Lord tarries, and I do pass away in 25, 30 years, and you do attend my funeral and say, well, Pastor JC is gone, you will have your focus, and you will still be as strong in the Lord as I was when I left this earth. I pray for you. That God will make you strong in your focus, strong in your determination to serve God. And don't allow anything to distract you. Don't allow anything to get you off track. Don't allow anything to discourage you. Don't allow it. Don't allow it. We're going to learn from Gideon this morning in Judges, the sixth chapter, and the 28th verse, that he had a focus. And when the men of the city arose early in the morning, behold, the altar of Baal was cast down and the grove was cut down that was by it, and the second bullock was offered upon the altar that was built. And they said one to another, who had done this thing? And when they had inquired and asked, they said, Gideon, the son of Joash, had done this thing. Then the men of the city said unto Joash, bring out thy son that, that he may die. We're going to kill him. Because he hath cast down the altar of Baal, and because he hath cut down the grove that was by it. And Joash said unto all that stood against him, Will you plead for Baal? Will you save Baal? He that will plead for him, let him be put to death while it is yet morning. If he be a god, if Baal be a god, let him plead for himself. Because one hath cast down his altar. Therefore on that day he called him Jerubbaal, saying, Let Baal plead, this is what it means, against him. Because he hath thrown down his altar. Now, saints, when you are doing the will of God, when you're in the center of God's will, the enemy is going to, he's going to attack you. 
The enemy is going to come against you hard. Now, understand this. If you're not in the center of, of God's will, the enemy will just leave you alone. Why mess with you? Because you're already, you're lost and you're on your way to hell. But if you're in the center of God's will and you're making progress and you're giving glory and honor to God, expect an attack from the enemy. Expect him to come against you through any source to discourage you, to defeat you, and to get you off focus. You see, the enemy wants to set you off. And he wants you to forget who you are in Christ. He wants you to forget your identity, who you are. You are now a Christian. You used to be a sinner, but now you are a, I can't hear you, Christian. And that upsets the enemy. So he wants to do everything he can to get you off focus. He wants to distract you. Now, he has a strategy. Give us our PowerPoint. Read this with me. Satan's strategy is to get you to lose focus on who you are in Christ. That's his strategy. He just wants you to forget who you are. He wants you to forget what God has done for you. He wants you to focus on him and focus on his lies. He wants to blind you of the blessings that God has given to you. This is the strategy that he used on Adam and Eve. It worked on them, so he continues to use it. He got this precious couple that were made in the likeness of God to get their focus off of God and the blessings that God had given to them. They, they, they had a whole garden full of blessings. And he got them to focus on something they shouldn't be looking at. One, one thing, when they should have been looking at all of the blessings that God had given to them, he lied to them and got their focus on one little negative thing, and it worked. And because they lost their focus, they lost their abundant life. They literally lived the abundant life. Literally. They lived in the, in the midst of abundance. They had everything. And there was no sickness there was no pain, there was no death, there was no animosity, there was no jealousy, there was no fighting, no backbiting, nothing like that. They were living the abundant life, and he got their focus on the wrong thing. And he still uses that strategy today on every one of us. He wants to get your focus on things that harm you. Get your focus on things that cause fear, things that cause discouragement, things that cause defeat. Now, Gideon has obeyed God's word. God is the one that told Gideon, go tear down the altar of Baal and cut down the grove. Go cut it down. Gideon has obeyed God, and instead of getting a great big praise the Lord, hallelujah, wow, this wonderful Gideon, what you have done, he gets condemnation and he gets threatened. Take a look at the 29th verse. Watch this. And they said one to another, who had done this? Who in the world had cast down Baal's altar, and who cut down the groves, which are totem poles, dead trees that were carved into idols. And when they, 
they inquired and asked. They said, Gideon, the son of Joash, had done this thing. And so now the enemy is attacking Gideon viciously. And they're forming a lynch party to string him up. We're going to get rid of this guy. He has just done the will of God. He has just obeyed God. And we're going to string him up. Now, take a look at that 30th verse. Then the men of the city said unto Joash, Bring out thy son, that he may die. That he may what? Die. Because he hath cast down the altar of Baal, and because he hath what? Cut down the grove that was by it. So bring him out. We're going to string him up. Listen, church, when you're in the center of God's will, you can expect the enemy to attack you. You can expect him to attack your focus. He can ex- you can expect him to, to attack your encouragement and to discourage you. But you see, many times he will bring out old friends. He'll bring out family. He'll bring out, he'll bring out enemies. He'll, he'll bring these certain people into your life to intimidate you, to tempt you, to get you off focus. He wants to distract you. But understand this, saints of God, it is written. Let me hear you say, it is written. Give us our next PowerPoint. It is written. Read it with me. It is written. The God in you is greater than the enemy that attacks you. Say it again. It is written. The God in Say this. God, the God in me is greater than the enemy that is in the world against me. And if God be for me, who, who, I said who, can be against me. Amen? Praise God. Now, so, it is written, there is no power on this earth that can stop you. There is no power on this earth that can hinder you. So you stay confident, you keep your focus, and you live the abundant life. It goes nowhere. The abundant life stays with you. It does not leave you. Even in times when you feel like you're at your lowest, keep your focus. The abundant life hasn't gone anywhere. It is still there with you. God is still blessing you. God is still with you. He has not walked away from you. God still loves you. The devil may be saying to you, God has deserted you. God hates you. God will not answer your prayer. I don't care what he says. Keep your focus. Keep your focus and say, greater is he that is in me than he that is in this world against me. Can you say amen? Amen. Lift your hands to the Lord right now and give him praise. Give him praise. Hallelujah. 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 I want you to go with me to Psalm 18. Let's go to Psalm 18. Psalm the 18th chapter. And let's go to the 46th verse. I want you to read 46 with me. Are you ready? Let us read. The Lord liveth, and blessed be my rock, and let the God of my salvation be exalted. So the Lord does what? He liveth, and blessed be my what? So the Lord lives, and the Lord is my rock. Let me hear you say that. The Lord lives, and the Lord is my rock, and let the God of my salvation be exalted. Let me hear you say this. God is my salvation. 
and I exalt him. Now watch this in 47. It is God that avengeth me and subdueth the people under me. He delivereth me from mine enemies. Yea, thou liftest me up above those that rise up against me. Thou hast delivered me from the violent man. Therefore will I give thanks unto thee, O Lord, among the heathen, and sing praises unto thy name. Great deliverance giveth he to his king, and he showeth mercy to his anointed, to David, and to his seed. For how long? Forever, forevermore, forevermore. Somebody shout praise God. You may say, Pastor, I've been doing the will of God. I've been obeying the word of God. I've been praying. I've been fasting. I've been doing exactly what I'm supposed to do, and I'm under attack. The enemy is really hitting me. He's really hitting me hard. Well, let me say this to you. Hold on. Keep your focus. Don't allow yourself to be distracted because this tells me you're winning. That's what it tells me. The enemy is not going to mess with you if you're losing. But if you're winning, he is going to attack you. Because he doesn't like winners. Because he himself is a loser. He has lost position in heaven. He has lost authority. He has lost so much. He is doomed for hell. And he cannot escape hell. And because you're a winner, it upsets him. So he attacks you. He comes against you. He threatens you. He wants your focus off on something else. He wants you to listen to his lies. He wants you to concentrate on what he is saying. But I say unto you this morning, keep your focus on the Lord Jesus Christ, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross and despised the shame and is now set down at the right hand of the Father in glory. Somebody say amen. Somebody raise their right hand and give it up for Jesus this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. So keep your focus. Next PowerPoint. There are three things here I want you, I want you to know. That is just know who you are. Do you know who you are? Do you know who you are? Do you know, do you, do you know your identity in Christ? Are you a Christian? Do you identify with Christ? Does Christ live in you? Are you a child of God? Know who you are. First of all, if you're confused about who you are, you are bait for the enemy. The hook will get you. Know who you are. Know who you are. Second of all, know your father is defending you. Know that God is with you. Know that God is keeping you. Know that God's hand is over you. Know that God will not allow the enemy to devour you. Know that, the, that your father will not allow you to be defeated because your God loves you and your God promised that he would keep you from your enemies. If anybody is going to pass away, it's going to be your enemies and you are going to see it happen and you are going to be the victorious one. Can Somebody say amen. amen. Hallelujah. Thirdly, no, you can't be defeated. No, you can't be defeated. If you know these three things, you'll keep your focus. No, I can't be defeated. I can't be defeated. It may not seem like it right at the moment. But if you know, I can't be defeated. You know and you speak, I can't be defeated. Because greater is, in, in, that is, in me that is, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I can't be defeated. If I'm defeated, that means Christ is defeated. If I'm defeated, that means God is poo-poo. He's worthless. He's worthless. He lives in me. I identify with him. 
He identifies with me. He gets glory through my life. God defends me, and I cannot be defeated. Somebody say amen. amen. Hallelujah. Now, so if you know your identity in Christ, you know that you are in him and he is in you. You are victorious. Keep that. Know that Satan cannot defeat you without your consent. He cannot defeat you unless you surrender. You have to forfeit. He cannot take the ball away from you. He cannot take your joy. He cannot take the blessings of God unless you forfeit. So you hold on to what you have and you keep your focus. Say, devil, I don't hear a word you say. Get out of here. I'm, I'm numb to anything that you say, anything that you bring before me. I'm no, I have no idea what you're saying. I have no idea what you're presenting to me. I got my focus. I keep my focus. My God lives in me, and I will not allow anything to take away the blessing that God has given to me. Somebody shout praise God. Would you just lift both hands right now and give praise to God? Just give praise to God. Hallelujah. Give praise to God. Give praise to God. Father, we praise you. Father, we praise you. Hallelujah. I want you to go with me to Judges 631. Let's go back. 31, 32. This is very critical. And Joash said unto all that stood against him, Will you plead for Baal? Are you gonna, are you gonna stand up for Baal? Will he say, Will you save him? Are you gonna save Baal? Baal is a God. You, you're gonna save, you're gonna save him? He that will plead for him, let him be put to death whilst it is yet morning. If he if Baal is God. Let him plead for himself. Let him defend himself. Because one hath cast down his altar. Therefore on that day he called him Jerubbaal, meaning let Baal plead against him because he hath thrown down his altar. So obviously God has touched Gideon's father. He now defends him and promotes him. Now remember back up here in 27, Gideon was afraid. He was afraid. Look at that 27th verse. And Gideon took 10 men of his servants and did as the Lord and said unto him. And so it was because he feared his father's household. He did what? See, he feared his father. He feared his father. But notice something has happened. When you do the will of God, it's amazing how things turn around. Those that were going to violently attack you or that you maybe feared they were, will literally turn around and like you and love you and maybe defend you. This is what God, because you're doing God's will. It's not your will. You're doing God's will. You're doing what God told you to do. So God defends you. God keeps you. God supplies. God loves you. Now watch this. You see, Gideon was the least in his family. This is what he said. He said, I am, I am at the bottom in my family. But God has made him the prominent one. Gideon obeyed the word of God. He kept his focus, and God literally makes him a leader in Israel. And we're going to be reading about this in our study. Jesus said it like this. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall, you shall Ask what you will, and it shall, let me hear you say shall, be done unto you. You say, Pastor, that's dangerous. We may ask for the wrong thing. No, you forgot something here. He said, if you abide in me, 
and my words abide in you. He said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you're not going to ask for anything that's improper. You're not going to ask for anything that's indecent. You're not going to ask for anything that's selfish because you abide in him and his word abides in you. So you're safe. You're safe. And that's the reason he can say that. Ask what you will because you're abiding in me. You're living in me. And my word is living in you. Ask what you want and I'll give it to you. I'll give it. That is the abundant life that he promised. He said, this is yours. Receive it. It's yours. Abide. Live in me. Live. Let my word live in you. Now, let's take a look at our next PowerPoint. No one in this world can make you lose your focus without what? Your permission. So Gideon's faith, Gideon's faith had to take a huge leap. It it had to take a big jump when he heard his father defending him. I'm sure that Gideon was in the back bedroom hiding when he heard the knock on the door and he heard the vigilante party outside. Said, bring him out. We're going to strike him up. And he hears his dad go open up the door and say, what's wrong, guys? He said, your son, he's guilty of tearing down Baal's altar. And cutting down the grove, we want to string him up. And he hears his dad. He couldn't believe it. Defends him. So, hey, Baal can take care of himself. Let Baal defend himself. In fact, any of you, if you worship Baal, let him be strung up. Let him be killed. Let him be killed. So he, he stands in defense of his son. And I'm sure this builds Gideon's faith. And he says, wow, my father is defending me. And what I say to you, saints, what we learn from this is keep your focus. Because after each attack, your faith will increase. After each distraction and you keep your focus, your faith will grow. I vow to you, I promise to you, this is what happens. When you keep your faith in God and you keep your focus, you will excel and you will grow and your enemy that comes against you will get weaker and weaker until you get to the point where anything he uses on you doesn't work anymore. Now, I want you to go with me to Isaiah. Let's go to Isaiah 50. Isaiah, the 50th chapter. And let's go to the fourth verse. Now, this is a prophecy. It's about 700 years before Christ. And this is prophesying who Christ is and what he would, what he would do. But we're going to apply this to our lives. We're going to allow what is being said here become a part of us. Notice what he says here in that fourth verse. The Lord God had given me the tongue of the learned. This is what he's he's talking about Jesus. He has the tongue of the learned. At the age of 12, he literally just startled the doctors and the lawyers. They couldn't believe that a 12-year-old could be as intelligent as he was. Now, how do we apply that to ourselves? 
when we commit our lives to Christ, he gives us a knowledge. He gives us an understanding. He gives us a wisdom that excels what the world has. It's amazing how God gives us a, a knowledge. I remember after I, be, before I came to Christ, when I went to school, I didn't absorb much of anything. You asked me, what did I learn? I, I didn't learn anything. But after I came to Christ, I went back to school. It was a completely different scene. I was a, it was, instead of sitting in the back like I always did when I, before I was a Christian, I would sit right in front, in front of the professor. He'd be here and I'd be right here, right in front of him, man. I wanted to smell his breath. I literally did. I didn't care who was in the class. I didn't care. My focus on Christ affected my focus in the classroom. My knowledge of Christ affected my knowledge in the classroom. I learned things I didn't think I could learn. I comprehended things I didn't know I could comprehend. I learned because of my focus. The same Christ that at the age of 12 just startled and amazed the doctors and the lawyers does the same thing in his children. He gives them knowledge. He gives them understanding. He gives them the ability to speak words that they never before understood themselves. Now watch this. Watch this. He says here, that I should know how to speak words in season to him that is weary. And this is what you do. At the right time, you speak the right words. He wakened us morning by morning. This way it is every morning. Every morning, the Lord is fresh. He wakened my ear to hear as he learned. Every morning, you find yourself in a place where you're learning. You get alone with God and you're learning. The Lord God had opened mine ear, and I was not rebellious, neither turned away my back. I gave my back to the smiters. You see, even when God tells you to do something that hurts, you'll do it because you give your ear to God. You give yourself to God. Your focus is on God. And Jesus gave his back to smiters and my cheeks to them that plucked off the hair. I hid not my face from shame and spitting. God he, he, will, he will speak to your heart about sacrifice, and you will do it, and it will hurt. That's what sacrifice is. Sacrifice means hurt. That's what a sacrifice of praise is. It hurts. You don't feel like you come to church and you just don't feel like it. Well, you make a sacrifice. I'm going to praise God. I'm going to stand to my feet, and I'm going to give him glory. This is a sacrifice of praise. I'm going to glorify him and praise his name. That's what it means to give God a sacrifice of praise. It's sad that many people won't do that. They will never experience the abundant life. They will come up to the door and never enter in. They'll never experience what God has in store for them. Jesus gave his back. He gave his face. He gave himself because he had a focus. I'm going to do what God wants. I'm going to do what my father wants. My father said, give it, and I'm going to give it. Watch this. For the Lord God will help me. Therefore shall I not be confounded. I'm not going to be confused because I'm doing what God wants me to do. Therefore have I set my face like a flint. I've got my focus. I'm like an arrow in flight. You can't change me. You can't get me off course. And I know that I shall not be ashamed. I know that I will not be embarrassed. I know I'll not be defeated. He is near that justifieth me. 
Who will contend with me? Who's going to fight me? Let us stand together. Who is my adversary? I dare anyone to come against me. Let him come near to me. Behold, the Lord God will help me. Who is he that condemned me? Lo, they all shall wax old as, as a garment, and the moth shall eat them up. He said, those that come against me, he said, they're just going to get old and die, and they're going to get old and sick and die, and I'll, I'll see it. He said, the moth, he said, they're going to, they're going to trip over just a little moth. They're going to trip over little things, things that really don't mean anything. They're going to trip over these things, and it's going to destroy them. He says here, who is among you that feareth the Lord? Let me ask you, who is here among you that feareth the Lord? Let me see. Do you fear the Lord? Do you fear the Lord? Let me ask you the next question. Who is he that obeyeth the voice of his servant? Who is he that obeyeth the voice of his servant? Who is his servant? Who is his servant? His servant is his minister. The one who spreads the word, who preaches the word, who speaks the word. And that walketh in darkness. There'll be times you'll be in darkness and there is no light. You're in a situation where you don't know whether you're up or down, but you keep your focus. Let him trust in the name of the Lord and let him stay on his God. Let him keep his focus on his God. Gives our last PowerPoint. Believe the word of God over the word of men and you will experience the abundant life. Believe the word of God over what? The word of men, and you will experience what? The abundant life. Because you keep your focus, you have your identity. You know who you are. You no longer are intimidated. You know, before you come to Christ, you're easily intimidated. You're easily insulted. You're easily offended. Things can just really set you off before you come to Christ. But after you have your identity in Christ, those things don't bother you anymore. You see, your focus in the Lord Jesus Christ causes you to know that you're highly favored of God. Causes you to know that you're on top and rising. Because of your focus in, on the Lord, you cannot be destroyed by what other people say about you. You cannot be destroyed about what other people think about you. It doesn't affect you anymore because you know who you are in Christ. You've got your focus. People can say whatever they want. They can do whatever they want. Just rolls off like water on a duck's back. Doesn't bother you because you've got your focus. You know that the enemy is using things to get you distracted, to get your focus off. And you say, no, I won't go there. I keep my focus on the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, without exception, those who get hung up on opiates, have low self-esteem because they don't have a focus. Talk to everyone that is hung up on a drug or on alcohol, whatever, and you'll find out they don't have focus. They just live from day to day. They just live, they live for the moment. No focus. Nothing to live for. Just live for right now. But I guarantee you, everyone who lives the abundant life has focus. They've got focus, and they're experiencing things from God. They're experiencing the blessings of God because of their focus. They keep their focus on God. Their future is bright. 
They're looking forward to the, to the things that are coming their way. They're looking forward to the blessings that God has for them. They're living the abundant life because they've got focus. This is why God wants you to have saints. God wants you to focus. It's critical if you're going to live the abundant life. It's critical if you're going to experience what God said I came to give you. This is his promise to you. Everyone in Christ, without exception, has a healthy self-image and they have a bright future. They keep their focus. They know their identity and they live the abundant life. Somebody say, praise God. Would you just lift your hands to the Lord right now and give him praise? Would you just give him praise? Just give him praise. Give him glory. Give him honor. Father, we love you. Oh, 